I just told the camera, pressed the right buttons, and, and then it worked just the way I imagined in my head. So that's, that's magic for me. As photographers, we are always looking for powerful images that, that will hold time in place, that will draw people in and symbolize something universal, something shared, something emotional. Everybody needs to see what's going on everywhere. Pictures just stand out. This is how we remember. Insights, kits, and the conversations that matter with the world's leading photographers and filmmakers in Shutter Stories. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Canon's Shutter Stories with me, Martin Bissig. This is a particularly exciting episode because we're going to be deep diving into one of two cameras which Canon are going to release today, the Canon EOS R8. Before we get stuck in, I'm Martin, and if you have not heard me on this podcast before, I am a Canon ambassador and photographer based in Switzerland. I'm known for my work as an outdoor and action photographer, taking pictures for international clients and publishing articles in magazines around the globe. Today we're going to be joined by Alexandra Andreeva, or Sasha as I met her. She's a surgeon and amateur photographer, known for her portraits on social media. I sent her to Paris to test drive the new full-frame hybrid camera from Canon, but more on that in a little bit. I'm also going to be accompanied by Tibor Sovetis, a product specialist from Canon Europe. He will discuss the ins and outs of the new release from Canon. Hey Tibor! Over this episode, we're going to be relying on your expertise to look into what makes Canon's EOS R8 the ideal camera to make the leap to hybrid shooting. Each time, I'm going to challenge you to explain a specific feature in as much detail as you can, in 60 seconds only. I hope you're ready. Yeah, hello and thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited about the release of this camera, but before we step into the world of full frame, Canon has also released a brand new APS-C sensor camera today the Canon EOS R50, and it's extending the EOS R system even further. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yes, that's our third APS-C camera that we are releasing into our expanding EOS R system. And it's uh, currently the most affordable camera in our EOS R lineup, which is perfect for content creators coming from their smartphone or other cameras. And that's going to be perfect for them because it's very easy to use. You can use filters with it. It's got really advanced video features and functions, and it's a very small size and lightweight camera. Just to give you an idea about this and uh, share a bit of a story, we actually gave these cameras to four content creators who were surprised about the size and the weight of the camera, how small it is, and yet how capable. So I'm pretty sure all the content creators out there that are going for this camera are going to enjoy shooting with it, no matter if it's video or stills. Well, that's really cool. And as well as I believe, um, Canon also releases two new lenses, right? Yes, we're launching two different lenses for two different types of genres. It's actually an RFS 55 to 210 millimeter f5 to 7.1 ISSTM lens, which is a perfect complement for all of our APS-C cameras like the EOS R50, the R7, the R10. And these lenses are going to give extra bit of reach to our customers that are more interested in wildlife and sports. This lens is also very good from the perspective of um, adding a bit of extra stabilization to shooting with the cameras, especially when you're shooting for longer range, longer distance, you will still get that decent shot of the wildlife or sports that you're interested in. And what about the other one? We also released a small and lightweight full frame lens, the RF 24 to 50 millimeter f4.5 to 6.3 ISSTM which is really the best company for the EOS R8 because it's a very small and compact size, yet it also features an optical image stabilization feature in there, 
which is perfect for portraits, interiors, landscapes, or even everyday life. And you can even um, store it away because it has that sort of mechanism to keep it small and simple. In this episode, though, we're talking about the Canon EOS R8. It would be great if you could give us an overview into the Canon EOS R8, and I'm going to give you 60 seconds. What is it? What can it do? Your time starts now. Yes, the camera we're talking about today is the EOS R8. This is a new addition to our lineup. The EOS R8 is really there for people that would like to improve on their imaging needs. For example, if they're interested in artistic videography, photography, that's perfect for them because then it can expand on their landscape, portraits and events, and even for travel because it's a very small camera. It's got very good video capabilities, oversampled 4K 60p, uh, video recording functions combined with C-Log3. You can also shoot in slow motion up to 180p with full HD settings. And then you can also get a lot of different speeds out of this camera. You can go up to 40 frames per second with high-speed continuous shooting. And it also features the well-known dual-pixel autofocus, which helps to keep your subjects perfectly sharp. Thanks a lot for that, Tibor. And with that in mind, I'd like to introduce our guest for today's episode, Alexandra Andriva. Sasha, as she's known, um, she's a surgeon who also in her spare time takes portraits and landscape shots. So hey, Sasha, nice to see you again. Hi, Martin. Long time to see you. Time flies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great to have you on the show. Uh, we met last year in, in a ver- on a very cool shoot in Paris. But uh, before we talk about that uh, shoot, first, um, can, we, can you tell me a little bit more about your photography? Oh, that's a big question. So basically, when I moved to Vienna, to Austria, 10 years ago from Moscow, um, I had so much time on my own because I didn't have any friends that I started hiking around Vienna. We have beautiful nature here around Um And yeah, that's basically when you walk around for like 10 hours a day and then you see so much natural beauty, you can't help but start taking pictures. And that's basically how my photography journey started. And then I got a an old uh, DSLR uh, 40, Canon 40D from my dad. And uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm shooting with on a regular basis all the time. What was your first memory using a camera and how did you develop your own style? Wow, that's a very good question, I think. Um, so my dad is a photographer and... Um, Same as me, by the way. Really? Nice. Yeah, so it's a yeah. family tradition thing. Great. It is. <laughs> Perfect. I think I was just uh, looking at him doing something and I obviously wanted to try to do the same. And I remember one trip to Montenegro where he had a very um, old um, film camera with him. And I st- we still have, you know, all the shots from this film. And you can tell exactly when I was holding the camera and when my dad was. Because all of these pictures, when I'm, you know, tiny me is trying to capture something. Uh, well, they're not bad, but you see that that was a child doing that. And then there are great pictures of my father. So, yeah. Very cool. When we met, you told me that you are a surgeon, right? I mean, how, how does that go? How does that balance with your work being a surgeon? And like I must assume being under pressure a lot of time and, and your passion as a photographer. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I am really at the balance point of these two things. Um, 
It's more like, yeah, I, I am a medical doctor and I'm doing my PhD in cardiac surgery right now. It's pretty challenging, very interesting at the same time. Uh, and at the same time, also very far away from the photography. So I guess photography is now my getaway from my regular, pretty stressful job so that I can just, you know, find a new tiny door and like sneak out and do something only for my soul and then my imagination and see new beautiful places and then show them to people who also take a look at my pictures. So I assume that um, being a medical doctor um, takes a lot of time. Where do you find time to take pictures? That's a very good question. I hope uh, my boss will not hear this podcast. <laughs> but um, basically, I'm doing, I'm trying to do a lot of, you know, hikes and, and traveling during the weekend or basically on my holidays and just using as much uh, as I can of this time outside of the hospital every time I'm getting out of it and, and traveling, of course. Now, Sasha, I sent you to Paris to complete three challenges each becoming more complex, taking you further and further out of your comfort zone. We also followed Sasha with a camera, documenting her journey with the Canon EOS R8. If you want to watch the full video and see the work she produced, you can do that on Canon Europe's YouTube channel. We'll link all our socials in the episode description. So Sasha, we'll come to the tasks I set to you in a second, but generally, how do you find the overall charm from your old APS-C camera to the new Canon EOS R8? That was a big jump into something very new that I've never done before. I mean, I've tried full frame a couple of times of my dad's cameras, but that was just it. And then actually to use it very intensively throughout our day of shooting was, uh, it was really challenging. And I think that's how you wanted it to be. But I mean, it was incredibly interesting for me to find all these new opportunities that the camera gives you from this, you know, high quality, great resolution, and then just, you know, to be able to do basically everything you can think of with just one camera, not to be, you know, not to have to switch from one thing to another, just you have all this in one camera. It's great. Yeah. And I think finally have a tool in your hand that doesn't limit your creativity, right? Absolutely. You just, you're just free and you, you just use the camera how you want it. Okay, so challenge number one was to take some portraits and reportage images at the Nature Urbaine Paris. Before we talk more on that, here's a breakdown from Tibor, Canon's product specialist, on the features that Sasha used. The first thing I can think of are the R8 subject tracking capabilities. Tibor, could you walk us through these, please? Yes, the EOS R8 is actually using one of our latest technologies that's also available in our professional cameras. It's using deep learning technology. The camera is programmed to recognize various different types of subjects or even smaller parts of the subjects. Just in case we're talking about humans, the camera can go quite close up into the eye to recognize the eyes of the subject the face, the head, the body. For example, when you're shooting a plane, the camera not only recognizes the plane itself, but it can also try to focus on the cockpit if it's clearly visible on the frame. It depends really where you want to focus and how far the subject is from you. That's really fascinating, Tibor. What about the R8's eye autofocus function? Yes, that's also relying on the deep learning technology, which allowed us to not only recognize the eyes of a person, but you can even decide whether you want to focus on the left or the right eye of the person. 
and you can switch between them by assigning a customized button to the camera and you can also override these controls you can actually just tap on the screen and decide which eyes to shoot at but it's very useful for you to decide especially when you are shooting portraits you can just make sure that the camera is always focusing and connected to one of the eye of the your subject I believe Sasha used a manual override where she tapped on the screen to pull the focus on a strawberry as her main subject which made that image one of my favorite shots from the challenge and if you can go on our website you will probably see that on the top of the page thanks Tibor so to practice using these features I asked you Sasha to head to the world's largest urban rooftop forum and take portraits and reportage images how did you get on oh so we had this great um, woman Julie manager of the farm accompanying us and I was taking uh, a lot of portraits of her through the plants and, and the strawberries on the rooftop was beautiful. It was so fun to to actually interact with her because she didn't speak any English. My French is so poor that we, but we somehow had like a lot of fun. So when I came up to the rooftop garden to see you doing your work, I was quite impressed to see such a garden up there in the middle of Paris. Can you describe a little bit how it looked and how it felt to be there in the middle of a big city surrounded by greens? That was very strange going up there. You know, that's a huge, uh, I think it's a big, you know, urban complex of the buildings that are usually used for conferences and congress um, meetings. And then suddenly you, you're on the rooftop of it and there are just huge shelves with strawberries and then also with tomatoes and there are people working you know wearing all this farming clothes that you usually see you know i don't know in the village or like outside of the city and then yet suddenly you are looking at all this not skyscrapers but like really urban buildings and and then something like this is happening and you see people picking up you know tomatoes or checking on the strawberries how red they are already and and putting it in the baskets and uh, traveling with them down to to the storage room it it was very strange like you could just travel somewhere completely else uh, outside of the city which you really don't expect this to be on the rooftop right yeah, and especially shooting with with a lens that like is that open wide, um, it really separates uh, the subject uh, in that case uh, the gardener from the backdrop. And I remember that very beautiful portrait you took uh, shooting through uh, like strawberries, so that it was really blurry in the foreground. It ga- it gave a lot of depth to the image, and then uh, the autofocus was spot on on the subject. Like I was using the lens that was fifteen millimeters. It was great i think in a combination with a full frame camera you could really then see how smooth the background was and how amazing focused her face or or the parts of her face that i wanted to be focused on were because basically the the depth of field was so shallow that you can really focus on the features that i wanted to show on her portrait so um I must assume coming from an APS-C with kind of an old-fashioned autofocus, that must have been a huge change for you uh, working with the, with the new US R8. Oh, absolutely. When we saw the results on the screen, actually on the camera, and then 
looking at it in my computer or when we printed it out, I was really blown away by the quality and then how exactly what I wanted to show from her portrait actually stood out, like her smiley blue eyes and like tiny wrinkles. And it was it was beautiful. And I also love this feature where I turned on the eye tracking so that I can actually more focus on the composition of the shot and not like to think about, oh, is her eye in focus? Is it, am I managing that so that I could really think about the whole frame or how it should look like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is something that I think helps a lot of people to kind of get away from the technical side of photography, like making sure that your subject isn't focused all the time, but rather focus on composition, focus on framing and just let the camera handle all the rest. And also to be assured that the camera does what it should do, uh, mainly focusing really on the subject. And even if the subject is moving around or turning its head a little bit, just to be sure that the autofocus is always on the person's face or, or head or even on the eye. This is what I found the most the, the most stunning feature. I was like blown away by, uh, by, by that feature and taking portraits, especially also if you're in a crowded place where there are a lot of people or, or you know, like there, where there's a, like kind of a wild environment like you had up on the rooftop. It really helps you to just focus on on photography and not on the technical side of photography. It's super, super interesting. And it's very liberating basically because you're, you don't really want to get into a lot of tech details. Well, I don't really want to get into a lot of tech details. I just want to see the shot exactly how I mentioned it in my head and to be able to show it to the people like I thought of it in the moment back when I was shooting. So that was the first challenge and you really nailed it. I mean, I love the portraits and it was really beautiful to see to see the results. So it's time to level up then. The next challenge was to take wider angles with the pioneer of living walls, Patrick Bloch. Sasha normally shoots on a 50mm and we set her up with Canon's RF 15-30mm to 30 millimeter lens. So before we talk about that, let's get some technical insights from Tibor about the full-frame sensor that Sasha will be using to complete the task. Yes, the camera features a full-frame sensor, which is larger than the one Sasha is familiar with. The 50mm lens on an APS-C camera becomes an 80mm lens, which is perfect for portraits, but uh, due to the optical crop factor, it creates the impression you are more zoomed into your picture. When you need to go wider to take indoor shots to large living walls, for example, from a relatively close distance, you need to go as wide as possible and the full frame sensor naturally allows to go wider as it can capture a larger part of the imaging circle that is painted by the lens around the sensor. And with so much to capture within one shot, can you tell me more about the dynamic range of the R8? Yeah, I think first of all we need to clarify what is dynamic range, what we mean by that. So that's basically the bright and dark areas with details retained on an image. And same applies to video as well. You want to think about the human eye, for example, where you are looking at the sky through the leaves of a tree. You will also see details in the darker shadow areas on the leaves, as well as the nice bright areas of the sky. So that just gives you an idea how wide is our eye's dynamic range. Unfortunately, camera's dynamic range is a lot smaller in that sense. But in this case, the camera's dynamic range has been expanded. It's naturally better in terms of having a larger sensor. You can actually squeeze a bit more out of it. My favorite is the moving subject HDR, where you actually create one image 
and that will retain details in the highlights, shadow areas, and even if you're shooting moving subjects, gonna avoid to have that ghosting effect, which you will get from the traditional HDR mode, where you are shooting three different images at three different times, and the camera combines it together for you. Thanks a lot for that, Tibor. Hey, Sasha. Those living walls are incredible, and I loved what you came up with. I just remember when you showed me the prints with all the details and all the colors in there. That was really, really amazing. But first, before we get into that, would you say that photography has an impact on your mental health? Oh, absolutely. I think I think if I would be just, you know, doing my job 24-7 without any breaks, I think this would take a real hard toll. On, on the mental state of mind. So so photography is a great, it's, it's, it's like a medicine, right? Because if you're looking at something beautiful and then you're trying to produce something beautiful with your camera, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a recreational activity that you can like, basically like therapy to me. Also because you spend a lot of time on your own sorting out your thoughts and uh, yeah, just, just being in one with the nature at the same time it's great that's really that's really cool i mean to hear that from a doctor that photography is like a medicine it must be really true eh? well i think i mean you know i'm i'm contacting with people and i see life and it's very you know bloody and sometimes very horrible ways and then sometimes it's for me it's also very useful to see the absolute perfect and beautiful side of life which is also which is also life, but then it's also really good to capture it and to remember that there is not only, you know, pain and suffering, but also something just divine and beautiful, and that's it. Awesome. The next challenge was to um, make use of wide-angle shots, and um, uh, therefore I sent you to the pioneer of living walls, um, a guy called Patrick Blanc, and I, when I checked your, your Instagram, I saw that you are not very familiar shooting wide angle and you use a lot of uh, like maybe 50 millimeters uh, to shoot your shots. So, um, but in order to, to get Patrick's um, living walls and his, his house into the frame, you had to go very, very wide. How did that feel for you to shoot wide angle when you used it kind of the first time? So that was something absolutely new for me, as you just said. I'm mostly using 50 millimeters or even, I don't know, 85 or something like that. It's it's li- literally a different perspective on what you're shooting. So you have to switch something in your brain a bit and like to imagine the the shot a bit in a different way. I think it was great that we actually got to meet Patrick in his in his own house. How was he? He's he's a very interesting person. I think he's extravagant in the nicest way that I can say it. And I think that his house and his living room meshes his personality 100%. Because you enter his home, everything is like, you know, a usual Parisian house. And then you walk further and you see these two huge walls just like full of jungle plants with, you know, like water dripping down to the aquarium with fish where his uh, table is standing. And he just basically tells you about every single plan that he that he actually took from his adventures and brought, brought back to Paris. And that's when his idea of the whole vertical gardens basically started, which we can see in a lot of different cities in the world now. And I think like to first shoot him in his living room and in his surrounding in his jungle you know in his ecosystem 
and then see one of his gardens actually on the streets of Paris was a great transition and actually I don't know I, I felt like I, I know a bit more than all the people who are staring at this wall on the outside of the city because I met Patrick um, and definitely I think I think it was a very smart challenge of you to show me the the benefits of the wide angle right because if you would if I would just use a 50 millimeter lens to shoot Patrick it wouldn't you know it nobody would understand what type of, of space we're talking about, What how crazy it is that he literally has like, I don't know, five meter balls of living plants and like birds flying around there and there are frogs also sitting on these plants. Um, but I think with a wide angle, again, because of the full frame and, and a very, very short lens, you know, the 15 millimeters, I could just show the whole space the way he created it and and how perfectly he fits into that and he just works with you know this birds flying behind him and the water dripping down fish swimming underneath it's beautiful as i remember it was a really beautiful scene especially i remember one shot where he was standing there in the middle of what was it his living room uh, maybe and there was just it looked like he was in a tropical forest or in a tropical garden and Capturing that with a wide-angle lens really helped you not just to do kind of a portrait shot, but rather portray him in his surroundings. And I think this simply could not have been possible with a 50 millimeters lens. Absolutely. Was there a challenge for you when you were shooting wide-angle for the first time? Well, as I said, I think the idea that you have to choose the way you think of a composition had to change a lot, right? You th You have to think of some new new angles and like new new things that you want to try because it doesn't work the same way with a with a 50 millimeters or with 200 millimeters right it's just a completely other experience so i had to really like you know zoom out and try to imagine the shot as a whole and not just like a tiny bit of the picture that you that you're trying to show and also i think i also had to talk to patrick a bit and make him you know, tell us his story so that I could actually get like a portrait of him meaning something, you know, in this whole context of the jungle, because it's not like just a random person standing in front of the plants that just basically his world, another planet that he actually lives on. And it's, uh, and it's an amazing experience that we could, you know, dive into his tiny world for some time. Yeah, exactly. So I remember when we met the first time uh, in Paris and uh, we talked about the camera and I was asking you if you ever shot video and you looked at me and you said like, oh, this is a completely new field. So I thought this is a perfect task for you uh, to go out there and shoot a super short film about the uh, sustainable fashion designer Benjamin Bonmoyal. Quickly, if you could, Tibor, can you tell us about the R8 hybrid shooting and video capabilities? Yeah, these days people are shooting video and stills on um, one device, therefore we can safely say it's prepared for that, as it has the dedicated video switch. This camera will also retain the settings for stills and also for videos, just to try to imagine a situation where you're shooting stills and you will need different shutter speed, different ISOs for that particular picture, and yet you want to switch over to shoot a bit of video because you're shooting at different angles, you've got different lighting conditions, a flick of a switch, and yet you've got two different sets of settings to go with. 
the camera also features oversampled 4K 60p, which is coming from a 6K sensor data, which is perfect because you're going to get a lot of good details in there. And on top of that, the camera can also shoot 180 frames per second, higher frame rate video, especially for your beautiful slow motion sections in your clips. The camera can also do Canon Lock Free in all these modes, so you can actually improve on your professional color grading in post-production. And in addition to that, the camera also features a lot of video assist functions as well, where you've got, for example, zebras, false color indicators, focus peaking, various settings with different colors and different things that really suits your video needs. So that is really going to help your hybrid stills video shooting functions. Whatever you need for your shoot is there in this camera. Thanks a lot, Tibor. So shooting video, what is your experience of capturing video, Sasha? Almost the first time in your life, right? Yeah, definitely. That was the challenge of the whole challenge <laughs> for me. Because one thing is when we're talking about, you know, photography and still shots. And then there is another, completely another mode of like thinking of actually like moving pictures and motion pictures. Wow, that was very interesting because, I mean, Benjamin as a designer and as a person is very interesting in his concept of, you know, recycling the videotapes and the sound tapes into into new sustainable material and then actually creating beautiful clothes out of it. That's very interesting. But then how can you show this whole process in like 15 seconds or 30 seconds of, of the video so that also people who haven't met him and haven't seen him work understand what he's doing. That was really challenging. And I think that, to be honest, without Air R8, I would not be able to do that well. And I think I think I managed it. <laughs> so, but but I really I had the biggest helper, and it was the camera, basically. Because this full frame quality of the 4K with the 60 uh, frames, it was it was great. And then I could just talk to Benjamin and ask him to to do basically what he's doing, watch him work and watch him put the clothes on the model or show us some of the fabrics and just um, use all the different possibilities of the camera to to kind of guide you know, the person who's going to be watching the video through the whole process, like a tiny storyline, basically. It was very interesting for me, but it was really, really challenging, as I said, because I had to, you know, think it through before I would shoot. I think that the features of the camera that helped me a lot were the fact that I could, you know, on the screen, you can tap on the area you want to be focused on. And then while you're recording the video, you can focus on the other parts. So, and this transition from one focus point to another is very smooth and it, the camera does it automatically so that it really, really looks professional. And I think, I think that, that helped me a lot. When you show me the video, I also noticed that you were uh, shooting super slow motion and especially with you know, his designs where there's a lot of detail and with the model, a beautiful looking a model um, moving around with his fashion on, um, I think you really made advantage of uh, shooting um, up to 120 frames per second in order to show all the little details and how the fabric actually falls, which is something uh, which is kind of hard to show if you're shooting uh, 50 frames per second or 60. 
So um, how did that work for you, shooting um, super slow motion? I mean, besides shooting video, probably shooting slow motion also was the first for you. Absolutely. And I and I was so amazed by the result, how, how well it actually turned out, because I asked the model just, you know, to do a bit of the movement so that we could actually get the sun rays on different parts of the fabric so that we actually can see this beautiful structure of it, as you said. And then she just, you know, did a little twirl and and as by, you know, a magic trick, something beautiful came out and it was the slow-mo video, which I I loved. I loved the quality. I loved how simple it basically was for me as an absolute beginner to, to do that and uh, how well it turned out. So I would say it's a combination of a lot of different things. Uh, first, um, your your view, uh, the eye you have for a subject, and then it doesn't really matter if it's photography or video. Uh, then the model, which looked really nice with, with the clothes she was wearing, and also the tool that you held in your hands that was able to capture that moment. And I think a combination of these uh, three things um, really made the result stand out. And again, this is something that just seen from a technical level would never have been possible with your old camera, right? Absolutely. Like there there was no video feature and of course no slow-mo feature there. Um, but what I meant with magic is that I did not have to, you know, dig into that deeply and like think of how I want to do all these technical details. I just, you know, told the camera, press the right better buttons and, and then it worked just the way I imagined in my head. So that's that's magic for me. It is, it truly is. And I must say, I'm I'm always surprised to see the true hybrid function of of this camera or of uh, all of the uh, mirrorless cameras of Canon that you can shoot video um, like instantaneously instantaneously you can switch from taking pictures you can switch to uh, shooting video which makes it really easy for us uh, coming from the photography side also get more into video which opens up a completely new field which is of course, uh, um, involve some learnings as well, and especially when it comes also to post-production. But um, for you, having shot that video now in Paris, do you want to go more into video at all, or was it just a one-time thing for you? Oh, I don't think it was a one-time thing. Now that I've seen the result, and I'm, I have to say I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I think in general, what, what we see a lot of on social media now, that people are going more and more you know, direction video. I love photography, but I think it's it's a very nice and exciting new area for me to explore, basically, which I would never be able to do with a 40D because there are no video features there, right? Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing is you've got the tool already in your hand, so all you need to do is actually... It's just this, it just one switch away, right? To videography, yeah. and, and there you go. Um, it opens up a whole new field, which uh, I really love a lot. And one thing you mentioned about slow motion, this is a feature that I like to use a lot as well when shooting action. And one of the cool things is when you're shooting slow motion, um, you don't need to put your, your camera on a tripod but because it shoots that many frames, even if you move around a little bit with the camera, it's not really noticeable in the final um, result because it's going to be slowed down four times. Uh, so this is this is a, a kind of a nice hack 
if you do not have a tripod and if you want to show fast action, you just switch over to slow motion and then you have beautiful slow motion scene of, of, of athletes in my case or of a model in your case turning around, having all the nice movements. But also, even if you're holding your camera just in your hands, it still looks like a very, very stable shot. This is why I also like uh, to shoot um, slow motion. And I mean, the cool thing is you always can speed it up in post if you think, no, this is too slow or I just don't need four times uh, the slow motion, but I just want to speed it up a little bit to a little speed ramp in post. This is really cool. And um, it's a very, very nice feature that I personally use quite a lot when I shoot video. Absolutely. I was so amazed that, well, I didn't have a tripod and obviously we were, you know, moving around a lot, trying to find the best spot to shoot it. And I was pretty excited by this whole day. So it was really... It was very interesting to see that there are no movements of my head, of my hands, you know, seen or visible on the video. It was great. Yeah. So we were talking about 120 frames per second as shooting slow motion, but you were also testing the the EOS R8's high speed continuous shooting. I'd love to hear about that in a second. But first, here's Tibor to give us a little bit more information about how it works. Yeah, the, the high-speed continuous shooting in this camera is usually used for special events, occasions where you're trying to capture the moment. You need to have the camera tuned up to high-speed continuous shooting to get a lot of bursts within a second to make sure that you can pick the right still image from that. So that will help you to really catch those fleeting moments. Now, with this camera, you can actually reach up to 40 frames per second using the electronic shutter, which really helps you to catch maybe special moments when you're on your travels for example you're going to a um, dolphin show or something like that you can actually catch the animal jumping out of the water and you can decide which frame you're going to use as your holiday highlights the camera can do a 30 frames per second raw burst mode with pre-recording option you can actually take pictures before you press the button going back in time picking that moment when the dolphin is just breaking the surface tension on the water. And in addition to that, the camera also have electronic first curtain, which will allow you to do six frames per second, which is also good for like just getting a smile at an event, just in case you, you know, really want to um, impress someone. You don't need to shoot 40 frames per second because that would be too much just to catch a smile. But at least that's also an option for you to choose from. So Sasha, high-speed continuous shooting. What was your experience when you were using that particular feature? I think it was with that model as well, right? Absolutely. She was wearing a matter piece created by Benjamin. And the model is really beautiful. I, I love all her facial features. So it was very... And I think in general, when I'm making a portrait, it's very important to me to show um, the exact, you know, face that I that I see, and then some some state of the of or the impression of the face that I find beautiful. So this high speed continuous shooting was uh, amazing to me because I think it goes up to forty frames per second, right? And you can then choose the one shot that you find the most beautiful and the the most you know flattering also for for. For the person that you're making a portrait of, right? And and you can just detect every tiny movement, every tiny, you know, her mouth just goes in a bit of, in a bigger smile and or she is looking more straightly into the camera and you want to have exactly this this shot and not any other else. Um which which is which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you are 
using it in combination with the eye out of focus. So um, even if you're shooting 40 frames per second, um, the focus is always on the eye or on the head of, of the of the model. So even if you're shooting super fast, you can be sure that like almost all your photos are going to be uh, perfectly fine and in focus. In focus, right. And she she was also moving quite a lot. And I, and I still was able to, to catch every single shot of it was in focus exactly on where I wanted it to be. Exactly, exactly. So you were, you were as you said, you were coming from an APS-C camera and now moving up to, uh, to full frame. Uh, the continuous shooting um, in, uh, with the electronic shutter, which doesn't make a noise or you can turn it off. Um, I remember for me the first time I was shooting with a mirrorless camera with the electronic shutter. I kind of felt like something is missing, right? You, f you miss the vibration, you miss the sound, and the camera shoots like ba 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 bam, 40 frames per second, and then yeah. you're surprised, like, okay, how many shots did I just take? Like, oh, 72 pictures within, like, yeah. not even <laughs> two seconds. How did that feel for you for the first time coming from kind of an old-fashioned, I would almost say, mechanical yeah, piece of absolutely. camera? Yeah, absolutely, from a break, right? <laughs> from a break. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the sound missing uh, at the first, you know, couple of tries, I was like, hmm, oh, so weird. I, I didn't hear anything, and yet I have like 100 new pictures of, <laughs> of the model. But then it all happens so fast. And then you can shoot again pretty fast as well. So there is not, you know, a very long buffering time. The sound was missing a bit in, in the beginning, but then you get used to it so quickly. Actually, to the whole camera and all to all these features, it's very it was very intuitive to me. Although it really felt like I'm, you know, jumping from a very old car into, you know, a new spaceship. Um, I actually and then going back again. And then afterwards. going back again, exactly. So I have just had, you know, a sneak peek of the future and then getting back to <laughs> to to more or less the past. Um it it was very interesting to me that after one day of like okay, it was very intense uh work, but I kind of felt like I know this camera and I and I, I know where to where to press every button and where to find the settings that I'm looking for. Which, which is great and intuitive for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, is that right? So after the shoot, after we left Paris, I assume you had to give the camera back, right? You couldn't take it with you at this at this moment? Exactly. So, um, yeah. So as you said, you were, you were going back to your kind of old APS-C camera. If you could pick uh, two or three things that you missed the most when you were going back to your, to your old camera, what would that be? I guess... The high quality, right? The the amazing resolution of the full frame, basically. Um, I really miss the autofocus uh, feature and, you know, the eye tracking because I had to shoot some of the portraits after our shooting in Paris. And I, and I really had to, you know, deal with sometimes even manual focus on that and I was really missing this feature. And also, um, I really like... Um, to shoot nature during, you know, the sun going down and the sunset or the sunrise, so in like not very bright uh, settings. So the last challenge that you sent me to uh, was about, uh, you know, shooting in the low light. And um, when we took a look at the pictures that I've made at night in Paris, I was really surprised by the quality and there, that there was like no noise, absolutely, at, at very dark pictures. And I was using very high ISO of like 
6,400 or 8,000. Yeah, that's true. And I think, um, especially when it comes to low light, this is something that really liberates your creativity because you probably were limited before to a certain ISO range that you felt comfortable shooting. And usually when I talk to people, to other photographers, or when I'm giving workshops, when I, when I, when I talk to, uh, to, to other photographers, like everyone has its own little ISO limit in their heads where they think, okay, I can go up to whatever, 6,400, 8,000. And I feel totally fine shooting up to like 32,000 if it's necessary. I mean, if it's necessary, um, I don't do it for fun. I don't dial up the ISO all the way just because I like to, but because it's necessary, because otherwise I could not take the shot. And I think um, the pictures you took in Paris with that very low light, it was only available light. It was it was very dark already. And that lamp um, was the only light source that lit that beautiful, that, that, that beautiful woman walking uh, through the streets. And I think this is something that you could not have done um, before with, you, with your old camera. Absolutely not. And uh, it's so funny that you say going, you know, up to, you know, this crazy numbers. This sounds crazy to me because I would not go more than, I don't know, I saw 800, right? To me, the numbers that you're saying or even like 8,000 is just like, okay, well, I'm definitely not doing it with my 40D, right? And then literally with no source of light, but just this lantern or, you know, some some lights from the cars passing on the very dark street. And then you you print this shot out and and it looks absolutely clean and focused and you can see every detail like you know her hair falling like in front of her face so after i set these uh, tasks for you we met again um after a couple of days and you brought me the pictures that you printed out on a, on a canon printer and I think not only you were quite um happy with the results but also i was really I'm surprised about what you could get out of the camera, especially given the fact that you just had this camera for a couple of days and you were completely new to the field of mirrorless cameras, of eye autofocus, of uh, videography and all these kind of things. Um, so I must say, uh, out of all these tasks, uh, which one did you did, did you like the most or which one did you think you, you nailed the most? Oh, it's very hard, you know, to say that I've done a good job uh, <laughs> to me personally. But um, I think I think the portrait of the model wearing her clothes of Benjamin. I think it it just because because the woman the the model is so beautiful and the fabric of the clothes is is great and the light um, falling onto her face and also the pieces the parts of clothes. Are looking good so i think that this is probably my favorite shot from the whole uh experience with the camera um but i also definitely liked um the portrait of patrick in his living room just being surrounded by this huge leaves and, and green jungles right yeah i must also say so for me my favorite picture was of that model as i think the one that where she was sitting on a little bench and the light was coming in from the side, so that was that was really beautiful. And you really did a great oh, job. Thank I you say. so much. So congratulations <laughs> again on that. So if if people want to look at your at your photos besides the ones that they can see maybe now um, being published with the uh, launch of the EOS R8, where can we find your work? Oh, you can. I think the most uh, you can see on my Instagram. Uh, I guess we'll 
type the link somewhere, but it's in Jir. Um, yeah, and I, th I think that's uh, the most that I'm doing. And also you can see it at some uh, cardiac surgeon uh, surgeon uh, meetings and conferences where we <laughs> show more of my professional work, but I, <laughs> I don't think that's uh, for, you know, all of the people. So probably my Instagram is the best place to stick to. I, I would say so as well. Yeah. So hi, Sasha. It was really cool to see you again, to talk to you again. And uh, thanks a lot for being on the show and for joining us today. Thank you very much, Martin. Nice to catch up again. Thank you. Thanks a lot to Canon's product specialist, Tibor Servetis, for his contribution today as well. Thank you for having me. And I'm glad that I could stay here and um, explain some of the technical features of the EOS R8 to you. And that was it for this special episode of Shot of Stories. Thank you so much for joining us today, discovering the Canon EOS R8 in more detail. You will also find a selection of photos and videos that we took during the shoot in Paris on Canon's website. We're very much looking forward to welcome you again on our next episode very soon. Until then, follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in the description of this podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can rate and subscribe in the episodes listing. If you have any thoughts or feedback on today's episode or the podcast as a whole, why not reach out to us on social media? You'll find our details in the description below. We'd love to hear from you.